Do you have old podcast episodes that are still worth promoting and still relevant today? Here's how you can get some attention on them. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Your podcast episodes don't have to expire once the next episode is released. With some strategy, you can use your old episodes to continue growing and engaging your audience by getting attention on those old podcast episodes. So for this episode, I will share with you six ways to get attention on those old podcast episodes. If you'd like to follow along in the notes for this episode, tap or swipe inside of your app or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash old episodes. But before I share that list, why? Why bother sharing old episodes? I think you need to consider why you should do this. And I suggest the following two reasons are the most important for sharing old episodes. First, to share quality content people might have missed but can still enjoy or find benefit. And second, to attract a new audience through content that interests them. Because maybe your latest episode doesn't interest your followers or people that you see wherever, but maybe some of your old content does. So that is the primary focus here, to share quality content and to attract a new audience. With that in mind, let's get into these six ways to get attention on old podcast episodes. Number one, make timeless content. Although aspects of the world are constantly changing, many ideas are timeless or nearly so. For it to make even sense to promote old episodes, those episodes need to still be relevant today. So try to make episodes that could be enjoyed and appreciated whenever they're heard or watched. Even if you host a current events podcast, you could occasionally break from that format to share something more timeless. Like look at what Erica Mandy does with the podcast The Newsworthy, which I do listen to on a regular basis. Each episode is usually around 10 minutes. Her weekday episodes cover the latest news and thus probably won't be very relevant as little as just a couple days later. But then she also publishes special edition episodes on Saturdays with more in-depth information and that is often timeless. For example, these recent episodes have covered how to talk politics with loved ones, how social media warps reality, the value of college today, and what science says about coffee. Now, each of these might be inspired by current events, such as recent scientific studies, elections, and other news, but the core of the conversation could often apply weeks, months, or even years from now. So even though The Newsworthy is a mostly timely podcast, those special edition episodes on the weekend are timeless and could still be promoted many different times of the year. And it comes down to this. Timeless content will be relevant for a long time and thus could be promoted at almost any time. A handy way to make timeless content is to brainstorm episode ideas long before you record them. And I've done an episode previously about brainstorming future podcast topics. I have the link to that in the show notes for this episode, just to tap or swipe away or at the audacity to podcast.com slash old episodes. Here's the general idea though. The more planned and less reactionary your podcast content is, that is reacting to the news, latest events, whatever, responding to them, the more 
planned out you are, generally, the more likely it is to be timeless content. Because you could make that content anytime and you could consume that content at any time. So to be able to promote old podcast episodes, they need to be timeless. If you haven't really been trying to make timeless episodes yet, try it now. Not every episode has to be timeless. It's okay if some episodes are time sensitive, but try to make some timeless content too. And it's that timeless content that you could then reshare in these ways that I'm about to share with you. So number two, repost on social networks. Whenever you publish a new episode, I recommend writing about maybe 10 different messages to promote that episode. These could be intriguing excerpts, parts of the outline, tips or inspirations from the episode, and more, or just different ways of describing why someone should listen to that episode. Go ahead and use all of these messages in that first week you publish a new episode, and then save the best messages for a collection that you can pull from again later to promote those episodes after a little while. Maybe that's after a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe even years later, you can continue to use these. Now you could pull from that manually and randomly select something from there, or you could automate this with tools like Social Jukebox, Meet Edgar, and some more. And I have links to those in the notes for this episode as well. Just keep in mind the life of a post on each network that you're posting to. Twitter, for example, the posts on Twitter, the tweets that you make, have a very short life and often won't be seen by all of your followers. But other posts on places like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and such are more likely to be seen for days after you've posted, maybe even weeks or months. So your posting frequency should be more on the places with shorter lifespans for the content and less frequently for those places where the lifespans are longer. But for you, figure out what works best for you, what works for both your own schedule and what seems to work for your own audience. And if you do automate any of this publishing of your old content, reposting old things on social networks and such, make sure you revisit your list of content at least once a year to ensure everything is still relevant. I've seen people who have this system set up where they're recycling old posts and they've posted content that they completely disagree with today, or maybe it's promoting a tool that's completely dead. Like, for example, Appendipity. I do not promote my old episode that I talk about the Appendipity WordPress themes because Appendipity is gone. It's dead. Now I recommend second line themes, and I've done a whole episode about why I think those are the best podcast themes for WordPress. You can listen to that. I'll put a link to it in the notes for this episode as well. But there's going to be a point maybe where second line themes, maybe they decide to stop doing what they're doing or some other tool that I've talked about or recommended. Maybe it just closes up, it ends, anything like that. Then I need to go back and make sure I'm not still promoting something that either I no longer can support or disagree with or that just doesn't exist anymore. Make sure you revisit that list at least every year. Number three. Reference old episodes in new content. Stay familiar enough with your content so that whenever you create new episodes, new articles, new posts, new videos, new emails, or anything like that, you can easily point back to older content when it's relevant. Like I just did under point number one when I referenced my old episode about brainstorming future episode topics. This doesn't mean every new episode must promote old episodes. 
but try to always look for those opportunities. And don't make it so generic like whenever you say Twitter, then you must link back to your old episode about Twitter, something like that. But make it more specific. Like when you're talking about this particular Twitter technique, link back to the episode where you talked about that particular Twitter technique. Not just any mention of Twitter points to that episode. If you're on WordPress, a really handy plugin for this is Link Whisper. That will go through your old content and suggest links that you can use in your new content to be able to link back to that old content. So if you use WordPress, definitely check out this plugin. I have a link to it in the show notes, a tap or swipe away, or at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash old episodes. And if you don't already use the memorable slash keyword framework that I now recommend and I use for myself where it's like slash thank your audience or slash brand names or slash whatever, those kinds of friendly URLs for old episodes, even if you use those, or maybe you don't, simply point your audience to your current episodes notes for the links back to your old episodes. This helps reinforce one call to action, and that is visiting this episode's notes Instead of multiple calls to action, like one for each episode that you've referenced from your archive, go to slash this for this episode, go to slash that for that episode, go to old one for the old episode one, go to old two for old episode two. It's so many links that it can be overwhelming. Point them to one place, and that's the notes for this episode. And by the way, a little aside, make sure you're sending them to the notes for this episode and not merely your website, because someone could be listening to this episode months from now. So if you just tell them to visit the website, like if I told you to get the links that I mentioned in this episode, if I told you the show notes are on the audacity to podcast.com and you're listening to this four years from now, well, now you have to try to find the notes for this episode. If you didn't see it inside of your app or receive it via email or anything like that, You have to go looking for it. You shouldn't have to go trying to find something. You should just be able to go straight to that thing. So that's why I never say get the notes for this episode from theaudacitypodcast.com. Instead, I point you to the notes for this episode, which happens to be theaudacitypodcast.com slash old episodes. So that's number three, reference old episodes in new content. Number four, include episodes in an email automation sequence. I'm a big fan of automation, and one of the best ways to do that online is with an email automation sequence. And this doesn't have to be only for marketers who are trying to sell something. It could be for a fan podcast. It could be for any podcast out there. If you have an email newsletter list, and there are many different ways that you can use an email list, by the way, and I've linked to my previous episode where I talk about ways to share and use an email list, you see what I just did there? I promoted an old episode in new content. So if you have an email list, consider writing a series of messages where some of them, or maybe even every one of them, promote a timeless previous episode. And this is a series so that every person who subscribes to your email list starts on the same email and they go through the same order of emails at any time. So it could be January and someone receives email number one. It could be July, and a new subscriber receives email number one. So keep that in mind. That's completely timeless. People could be joining your list at any time and receiving that first, second, third, and so on email at any time of the year. Now that 
automation sequence, and they're called different things like automations, sequences, autoresponders, marketing sequences, different things like that. Look inside of your email service provider, if you use one, to see what options they offer for you to create your own automation sequence of some sort. I use ActiveCampaign. MailChimp is also really good. AWeber, Constant Contact, ConvertKit, many other services exist out there. But I primarily recommend either MailChimp because of how easy it is to use or ActiveCampaign because of how powerful it is. You don't have to make, though, a weekly email sequence that has hundreds of messages in it and lasts for years. It doesn't even have to be weekly at all, even if you only have three emails. It could be an automation that promotes an old episode only once a month or even every couple of months. But the point is, it's an automation. So at some point, when someone subscribes, they'll receive email number one. At some other point, however later that is, someone receives email number two and such. And you could have these long gaps between them and you could send manually written emails in between those gaps. It could be an RSS powered campaign that sends automatically the information from your website, articles, episodes, anything like that. But the point is that you have something going on automatically in the background. So they always receive email number one, and at some point email number two, and at some point email number three, and so on. And those emails can then promote older episodes of your podcast. And you can communicate that in a way that is still helpful to your audience and references that episode. It's okay if you're repeating some of the information from that episode and then pointing to that episode for much more information or in-depth information, interviews, training, tips, tutorials, particular highlights from your podcast, anything like that. And among all of these, don't forget your welcome email either. Whatever that first email is that they receive, even if you have only one email that ever automatically goes out to your audience, and that is when they subscribe to your emails, even if everything after that is time-sensitive content or written on demand or anything like that, make that first email, along with thanking your audience for subscribing to your emails, you could make that first email contain a short list of your top episodes, whether that's top by popularity, by what you talk about the most, or by what episodes lay a foundation for what your podcast teaches. Like, for example, if I had a mini-series of episodes teaching you how to start a podcast, my first email could say something like, if you haven't already started your podcast, here is my 10-episode series on how to get your podcast started. You could do something like that with your own podcast and your own email sequence, or even just that first welcome email. And like with number two, because this is an automation, make sure you revisit the automation in a series of emails once a year or so to ensure any old links are still relevant, that you still want that episode shared, and that it's still information that matters today. Number five, share relevant episodes in comments. If you are active in social media around your niche, look for opportunities where you can answer someone else's questions and then include a link to a relevant old episode for more details. But make sure you follow any applicable rules in whatever groups you're sharing your old episodes within the context of a comment. For example, I've seen some groups call this self-promotion and strictly forbid it anytime linking to any of your content. That's self-promotion. It's completely forbidden regardless of its relevance or regardless of how helpful it is or anything like that. It's self-promotion, therefore it's completely banned. 
Some groups are like that. While other groups disallow posts, that's where you're creating a new post or a new topic that promote your episodes or link to your episodes, but they might allow you to share an episode when it's relevant in your reply. And some groups are kind of a mix between this. Like, for example, I might run into this with my own niche of podcasting. So if I join a podcasting group, they obviously often don't want people to share their latest episodes or even share episodes and comments. But if someone has an episode talking about podcasting, like I do, and that episode is relevant to answer someone's question or an issue, then that kind of thing is often allowed because it's relevant. It's not just there for the purpose of promoting, self-promoting your own content and trying to grow an audience, but the purpose is to help. Some groups are legalistic about it. Some have a little grace in certain ways. You have to make sure that you follow whatever the rules are for whatever group or channel or community or anything like that where you're trying to do this. A good way to both follow the rules and be more helpful without seeming spammy is to always provide the needed information first. For example, don't say with your whole comment being this, I talked about that in this episode and then a link to your episode. That's just self-promotion. Might even look like spam because how do they even know that episode is relevant? Instead, give a full answer and then add the link to your episode if the episode provides further information that you couldn't fit in your answer. In other words, if the episode says the same thing in the same depth as your comment, then the episode doesn't provide any extra value, except for your voice, to the reader. And thus, that episode link probably shouldn't be shared. And this is where some things get meta. This very episode you're listening to was inspired by a question by Product Fellow in the podcasting subreddit. And on publishing this episode, I've shared this basic outline as an answer to Product Fellow's question and the link to this episode for more details. And I've got the link to both that original question and my comment with the answer in the notes for this episode. So this is number five, share relevant episodes and comments. And number six, reshare episodes when timely. Even if you create episodes that are time sensitive, look for opportunities when they might be relevant again. An easy example is any kind of holiday-related episode that might be relevant again every time that holiday occurs. For example, it's Christmas again. Here's our gift-giving guide to help you shop. You could share that every year around Christmas time. Or you might have an old interview that you could highlight when your guest has been noteworthy again. For example, listen to our interview with John Smith before they became the celebrity you see today. Or hear John Smith mention that he was thinking of applying to this gig before he got it and is now the star of this TV show, anything like that. So when it's still noteworthy today, and even if it was timely and time-sensitive back then, there might be opportunities that you could share it again today because of something happening today. So these six ways to get attention on old episodes are, number one, make timeless content. Number two, repost on social networks. Number three, reference old episodes in new content. Number four, include episodes in an email automation sequence. Number five, share relevant episodes in comments. And number six, reshare episodes when timely. 
If this episode has helped you and you think it might help other podcasters, then please share it by going to the audacitypodcast.com slash old episodes. That's also where you can go to get the links and other resources that I mentioned in this episode. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go start and grow your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Follow me on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. And thank you for listening.